Hey friends, welcome to Recovering with Danny. I'm your host, Danielle Van Kay, and this podcast is all about eating disorder recovery, being a single 30-something, navigating the dating scene, and going through, you know, an existential crisis or two. My goal as an eating disorder recovery coach is to help you start living the life you have always dreamt of. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode. This podcast episode is going to be a bit shorter than what you're used to. Um, to keep things very transparent and, you know, per usual, as you guys know, I went to the Dolomites with a couple of friends and it was really great. And this actually, this episode is going to have a lot of overlap with the previous episode because I talk about comorbidity and whatnot and, uh, you know, whether recovery is worth it. It is obviously, right? I will never change my stance on that. I will die on that hill. However, I, the reason why I'm basically keeping this episode quite short, I actually wasn't sure if I should upload anything because I woke up this morning feeling very sad about a new thing that popped up, which I talked about before, it's called eustachian tube dysfunction. Also the autophonia uh, or autophony. It basically means that your eustachian tube just, you know, normally goes, it pops open and it closes. And in my case, it just stays open. And what that means is that I hear myself talking all the time and just constantly, basically, I don't know, it, there's a certain pressure in my uh, left ear. Unfortunately enough, now it's also traveling to my right ear and I'm actually having pain in my right ear as well. So that's fun. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to have a proper rest day today and I will celebrate tonight um, in the sense that I'm going to go to a birthday party, which is going to be fun. Um, But basically, long story short, I've been you know, traveling quite a lot. The moment I came back, I've been working. I've been moving around because I still don't have my houseboat renovation done. I'm still in the midst of it. So I'm, I basically moved from my mom's place to my now an Airbnb and I'm all over the map. Then on top of it, I had to, I had a UTI for three weeks, which fortunately enough at some point just stopped. But of course I had a lot of antibiotics. So I feel like my body is at a point it's just too fucking burned out and I need to take a little bit of a step back. So my, I I haven't even talked about this new year's resolution, but I feel like I need to take way better care of myself. I've been, uh, well, I did talk about this a bit briefly, but I've been doing too much of the work hard, play hard thing, pretending that I'm not chronically ill, which is couldn't be further from the truth. However, I am so proud of myself, which is sound, sounds weird to say, but I killed that dolomite, <laughs> call it dolomite, call it colomite, because she can't talk, that dolomite trip in the sense that I, I just did everything that I wanted, except for the skiing part, of course. That's something that will hopefully, I'm going to probably start skiing one day, at least try in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I I was having amazing moments of gratitude where I was like, wow, I'm here, I'm traveling, I'm doing all these things. But there were also moments where I was dealing with this ear thing and you can think, oh, well, that's not a big deal. 
you're right, maybe in compare in the grand scheme of things, it's maybe, you know, it's not life threatening. It's just very, very uncomfortable. The discomfort is real and it's also kind of painful now at this point. And, you know, I, as I've said before, I've dealt with chronic health stuff my entire life almost, and I'm kind of done. I want to retire that part of my life, but I can't, I can't decide that that's up to my body. It's really fucking frustrating. Um, so yeah, specialist appointments are on the menu for the upcoming months. And I'm going to probably also take a week off in the end of February. Other than that, that's a little bit of a personal update intro because I felt like I just needed to vent, um, as this podcast is kind of like, you know, a back and forth thing between you and me. Um, so right. we're going to talk about something today, which I think is a very, I actually, so there were, there were two, um, uh, followers. I hate the word follower, but whatever Instagram followers who, um, asked me, Denny, do you want to talk about dating in, uh, during having an eating disorder or, you know, how, how that was for you. The thing is I have a lot of dating stories and I, you know, I even dedicated three episodes to my dating life. But I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't dealing with an eating disorder anymore. I was dealing with a chronic health, like, well, with my health issues, with a chronic illness, but I've talked about that. So I think it's maybe a good way to transition into how to date when you are still dealing with an eating disorder and how to open up, how to be vulnerable and how to set boundaries and, and all the things. So to, well, it's kind of interesting. I would say 90% of my clients are in relationships. So at some point in their life, they started to, you know, meet their partners and they either developed an eating disorder or they already had an eating disorder. And all the partners of my clients have been so freaking, I mean, supportive, all the things. However, it's also a thing where they're not natural caregivers and it's, it, they shouldn't be either, right? You're m- meeting someone and they fall in love for you, for the person who you are. And of course they'll take you, uh, they'll accept you for better or for worse, or at least you hope so. But dating, especially in the beginning stages, I would say if you have a, a well, if you have an eating disorder, that is, you can hide it a lot more, but then at some point the truth comes out, doesn't it? So um, I rem- I will never forget, and I'm sure she will listen to this episode. If not, uh, yeah, I she's she I've been working with her for kind of kind of a long time. Of course, she will stay anonymous, but she um, she is one of my clients who I've been working with for I, I would say one and a half years, and I will will never forget that on one of her first sessions, she said, "Well, I was swiping on Tinder, and I met or I was you know matched with this guy." I have a match with this guy and I've been talking with him for quite some time now. And I'm just a little scared to meet him because, you know, I still have an eating disorder and I feel like I need to first be fixed and healed and recovered in order to meet him. So I told her, please go on the date, just go. And, um, I would say about, about around day three, I would for sure tell him what's up because you are going to change. You are not only physically, you know, emotionally, you're going through a lot. It's not fair to not say that, to keep that as a secret for someone else. So long story short, they've been dating now for more than, I would say one and a half years, and they're very happy together. 
And this is a topic that I discuss with a lot of clients. I'm not a dating coach, obviously, but I love to watch dating coaches and take their advice. And I, as you guys know, I'm still very much single. Uh, but that's also because I will never settle for anything that I, you know, deserve. So there's that. And so I don't really have the experience of dating with an eating disorder, but I have a lot of experience with dating or my clients dating with eating disorders. And what I usually say is don't don't stop dating just because you have an eating disorder. Don't think, oh my God, I can't do- go on dates because I'm, you know, I'm not recovered. I'm not healed. I'm not fixed. I first need to heal myself and fix myself and then I can go on dates. I don't think that's a thing. We are never healed, perfect, all the things. I mean, from an eating disorder, of, of course, at some point you are recovered, but meaning we are never done. We're always a, you know, um, this ongoing project. I see myself as an ongoing project. I always have like new mental and physical stuff coming up. And especially the older that we get, the more shit happens. I mean, look at our parents getting older, our family members getting into, you know, certain things, um, grief, loss, there's so much stuff that that just comes up, you know, and when you enter a new relationship, that is scary to talk about, though, I will never minimize that it's very scary to show up very vulnerable. But I think it's a crucial, if not, I would say the most important element of having a relationship, otherwise your relationship is based or your dates are based on lies and the truth will come out never, nevertheless. Anyway, so you're prolonging the inevitable. Like I always say, you're prolonging basically of saying something to someone that you have to, you'll have to tell them anyway. Now, a lot of people will pick up on it as well, especially if you're eating weird or, you know, if you, you can't hide a lot of things. So I would say lead with being open and honest. And if you even want to do that on the first date, be my guest. I actually did that basically in the beginning stages of me dating. I was like very open about my Lyme disease and it scared some guys off. It didn't scare a lot of guys off. And that's also because the way how I talked about it, I think if you would lead with, oh, yeah, I have an eating disorder, it's an ongoing thing, this eating disorder, and I will, I don't think I will ever recover. And it's really bad. I mean, if you if you lead with that, I don't think, you know, that your date is going to be very, you know, excited necessarily, because they're going to probably be like, wait, this is a, you know, this is going to be a project. I don't know if I want to sign up for that. Now, if you say, listen, I have an eating disorder, but I'm in recovery and I'm doing everything I can in order to get there. And, but I just want you to know that the person who I'm going to date is probably gonna, you know, go on this journey with me. And what I really, really, really appreciate of the the partners of my clients is that they are asking for so much information. So they will have sessions with me or they read books or they read blog posts or Instagram accounts. I've had boyfriends signing up their girlfriends or husbands signing up their wives to start coaching with me. Now, isn't that just fantastic? And also how it should be, I think. So it's not that it necessarily works in that way because I feel like the client needs to come to me directly. However, that's still an indication that they want to help you to the best ability they can. So don't be too frightened of, oh my God, how can I be vulnerable? They're going to run away. You know what? If they're going to run away, they will run away from other things as well. Probably if you're going to be going through a grieving period of your life or going through, you know, for instance, when my dog passed away, I was single, but I remember at the time I was like, 
you know, what if I had a relationship right now? And what if they couldn't handle that? Or for me with my chronic health stuff, it's not fun. You know, sometimes I'm really in a lot of pain or I'm very, just very uncomfortable. I need to be myself. And that is, like I said, a very daunting, scary and vulnerable thing because yes, you might get hurt if you do open up. So that is something that you do have to take into account. If you feel like, wait, I'm in the beginning stages of my recovery right now. If I'm going to go on dates and I'm someone who really, you know, falls in love, let's say quickly, is it worth it to get hurt in the process and then maybe my eating gets affected as well? That is something you'll have to take into account. And that's always what I say to my clients. I actually would prefer them to do that, not necessarily in the beginning stages of their recovery, but more so in the middle stage where you feel like a little bit more solid in your recovery and then starting to maybe go on dating apps or just don't get dates in general. And I think, you know, it's not that black and white for some people. It really works amazing to actually have someone to, you know, help them a bit and who is obviously not a coach, but just like a partner. It's, it's, it's very, very individualized, but I do want to have you take home that it is a thing of, you know, you're opening yourself up. You could get hurt in the process. And are you ready and strong enough for that to happen? Because it might happen. And, you know, breakups are not fun. And I would even say that that's maybe controversial opinion. But I think if you're dating someone for, you know, a couple of months, let's say three months, which is kind of like the probation period for most people and things end, that is still heartbreaking. Uh, I don't agree with people who say, oh, but you've never really been in a relationship. So that's so not true. You are on the verge of being in a relationship and you're still in some sort of a relationship without having a label on it. So that's still heartbreaking. You know, if someone walks away and says, listen, I can't do this right now because I just, I don't know. I, I feel like you need to get your crap together before we can be together. Again, that's, you know, that's something that you will have to kind of like gauge. If you're good at people reading, I would say it's maybe easier for you to start, you know, dating sooner than later. I consider myself a very good people reader. So I've always felt like, okay, this person is going to be acceptant of my situation. And if I felt like, okay, they're beating around the bush or they're very wishy-washy. When I talked about my, you know, chronic health stuff, I just cut it off immediately because I don't, I, I've had, for instance, guys say to me, I can't date, you know, someone with a chronic illness. And that, that is painful. And I don't want to put myself through that over and over and over again, right? Why, 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 why would I do that? So even though that did happen to me and it was a good learning curve because I was like, wait, there are certain people and you know what? Fair enough. That's on them. That's not on me, uh, who don't want to date me because I am limited in certain ways. So, but we all have, and this is, this is one of the biggest things that I realized way too late in life. I always thought I need to fix myself in order to, you know, have a relationship or go on dates. And actually when I met my ex-boyfriend, which was a very healthy relationship, as I've talked about before, I was actually going through a lot, not anorexia wise, but when it came to Lyme and I was doing way better, but still it was a very healthy relationship, very supportive. And, but for the longest time, I always thought that I was the only one who had all this baggage and all these things that needed to be fixed. But then the more I talked to other people, not only my clients, of course, but just friends and, and acquaintances and, and whatnot, I was like, wait, we all have crap and we all have shit going on. 
some people are just better at hiding it than others, but we all have something going on. No one is perfect. We all have flaws. Some people are just more open about it than others. And I think that's just also very dependent on the person who you have in front of you. So if you, for instance, are like, you know what? I really want to get out get there. I really want to start dating, but I still have an active eating disorder. Again, my biggest tip would be gauge on how this person is going to react to you. So if you notice immediately, they're not curious, they're not asking any questions. Um, you know, I've had guys opening up to me and saying, you know, I deal with ADHD or I deal with anxiety or depression or whatever. I obviously am not frightened by that as at all. But there might be, you know, people saying, whoa, whoa, this is a little much for me. This is like very, very intimidating. So I would encourage you to tell this person who you're going to date. If you like them, you know, go on another date and then maybe on the second or the third date or even on the first, tell them what you're going through. And But also, again, take into account that, yes, you might get hurt in the process. But guess what? That is life. People will disappoint you. People will hurt you. That is life. It's not fun. It's awful. It's sometimes even traumatizing. Um, well, traumatizing is maybe too big of a word, but you know, actually, no, it can be traumatizing. It can be just all the things. It can be very emotional. And because no one wants to get hurt, no one wants to feel awful, we tend to just not do it at all and not to get out there. And one thing that I... I mean, I hope that that's something that you take away from this podcast in general, just all the episodes is that I'm a huge proponent of getting out of your comfort zone and you're never stuck to anything. You know, you're never, I always say you can always go home. You are your own free agent. You, you can do whatever you want. And isn't that show so fantastic that of course, again, with limitations in my case as well, I have certain disabilities and that's why I can't do certain things that other people can, but I'm not as limited as I always thought I was. And, but that's also because I don't have an eating disorder. So speaking from the perspective of having an eating disorder, I would say that, you know, really explain the person again in front of you. And obviously you're not going to come like, you know, around with the book of Tabitha or showing them uh, an Instagram account or, you know, that or a podcast. That's not something you're going to do on, I don't know, day two. But the more you're getting to know this person and if you feel like, you know what, I would I would basically ask, I would really appreciate it if you, you know, if, if you want that, of course, um, if you would read upon what an eating disorder is, because there's a lot of people who don't really know what it, that is. And I think the biggest things are the comments you get when you, for instance, have extreme hunger, you know, all those things, like a lot of people who are ignorant don't know what extreme hunger is. So of course, if they see you eating a lot, they might think, oh God, is there, are they going to develop binge eating disorder? And obviously you, you don't want to hear that. So those things, you can explain them and you can sit them down, you know, explain in layman's terms of, listen, this is what extreme hunger is. This is what eating induced hunger is. This is what mental hunger is. This is what an energy deficit, nutritional rehabilitation, et cetera, et cetera. Like really explain them what that means because let's face it you who is listening right now do you know everything about every mental or physical illness no you don't you don't so i would say to the partner that i'm dating if they would say 
hey, listen, Danny, I'm really struggling with, you know, I don't know, um, depression or with this or that, I would say, first of all, how can I help you? And second of all, what do you want me to read upon and investigate about? Because I want to know as much as I can, but I really want you to tell me what I, you know, have to read. Because of course, if people go Google eating disorders, there's so much misinformation out there. So I would redirect them to certain websites, to certain books. I mean, I've talked about the book from Tabitha Ferrar all the time or her YouTube account, um, you know, so many Instagram accounts are fantastic. Podcasts are fantastic. Um, so there are a lot of resources out there. And it's kind of like the same what you would do with family members. You have to do that with your future partner. And yeah, when it comes to dating itself, I'm thinking that just in general, dating is a very uh, vulnerable process in its yeah in itself, just in a nutshell. It is about opening up. It is about... Um, getting to know someone else, but also trying to be mysterious and not being too open at the same time. It's like whole thing. I sometimes I, I love dating, but I also kind of like can't stand it at times. But it's I, I do still see it as a fun way to meet new people and get, getting to know their story and whatnot. But not everyone seems, you know, looks at it that way. But I would say the biggest thing of this all is make sure that you are strong enough to deal with, you know, anything that can come away your way that is not going to be fun uh, when it comes to dating. So if that's going to be rejection, which is the biggest one, I would say, let's say someone rejects you because of you getting an eating disorder or having an eating disorder, sorry, that is something you have to take into account. If you feel like I'm not ready to get like deal with that, then I would say pause dating for a while. If you, I mean, are scared that someone won't accept you for the for the sake of you gaining weight or your body is changing. First of all, that person is not for you. They are not for you. So don't don't date someone who has looking a certain way very high on their priority list. That's not the person for you because that is not your priority at all. Your priority is getting healthy and happy. And that does mean weight gain. So that's a big one. And then the the third of it all, I would say vulnerability is the big, big, big one. So be vulnerable. Tell them how you feel. Tell them what's going on. Don't expect for them to know. Ask questions back and forth. It's like a ping pong thing. And allow them to learn, right? Don't, don't, just don't make assumptions. Don't think, oh, but they should know this, or I'm very hungry and they have a certain opinion about that. And I can't eat right now. That's bullshit. They probably don't even recognize that or realize what you're eating or, you know, they don't think about it in the way you do because you have an eating disorder and they don't. So I hope that helps. I feel like this was a bit all over the place because I am so tired and I'm dealing with this institution tube dysfunction. Yay. Love that. Well, I'm going to keep you guys all posted about that as well. Um, this was a bit of a, a weird one, maybe a good one, a weird one. I don't know. It's like a mix of personal and uh, about dating having an eating disorder. Okay. Well guys, this is it for today. I'll be here next week and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation and support me is by screenshotting and sharing it on social media. And I would find it so cool if you could leave a review as well on any platform you're listening on. 
If you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Danielle Fenke. See you here next week.